Winarat na ninyo kami. Winarat na ninyo ang dangal ng DOH. Winarat ninyo ang lahat ng mga kasama ko dito. Hindi kami makaharap sa mga tao dahil lahat, ang dami-daming sinasabi, ang dami-daming paratang. Wala pa rin akong tulog. Ilang gabi na po ito. Ito ngayong ayaw magpabakuna, sinasabi ko sa inyo, huwag kayong lumabas ng bahay. Kasi pag lumabas kayo ng bahay, sabihin ko sa mga pulis, ibalik ka doon sa bahay mo, you'll be escorted back to your house because you are uh, a walking spreader. Coronavirus cases are surging, our nurses are not getting paid, and our health system is in danger of collapsing. We've been locked down since the beginning of August and our economy probably won't recover until 2022 or 2023. Meanwhile, our health secretary is still health secretary, even if his agency was flagged for mismanaging pandemic response funds worth 67 billion pesos. Also, our president just announced that he's running for vice president in the next election so we can have six more years of his leadership. In this episode of B-Side, Joey Francis Hernandez, treasurer of the Philippine Society of Public Health Physicians, speaks with Business World's Russell Luis Siku about the Philippine pandemic response and holding our leaders accountable. How is the Duterte administration faring, in your opinion, sa pandemic response nila as they tend to focus on other matters such as the economy? So I actually listened for the sauna for an hour and was expecting to hear the president to talk about COVID first as the most pressing issue right now, but that wasn't the case. You can actually take this as a signal at how he ranks his priorities and the pandemic doesn't seem to be the first. Regarding evaluating the country in terms of pandemic response, for purposes of this discussion, we can be guided in evaluating how we fared through the set of indicators published in the Lancet by certain researchers from the National University of Singapore and Imperial College London. These are Fisher et al. So we can actually have these criteria in mind. First, the ability to detect and break transmission chains, the ability to minimize deaths, and severe complications, to minimize hospital-acquired COVID-19, to provide fiscal support for individuals and companies, to maintain food, medicine, and vaccine supply chains, six, to protect and support those vulnerable and marginalized in the community, and seven, to still maintain the continuity of health services. So among the seven, I would give at least a rating of three over five to the second indicator, which is minimizing deaths and complications for reasons such as we are relatively, quote-unquote, okay compared to other countries in terms of death rate, ranking as 101st out of 182 in the mortality rankings from the Johns Hopkins University Coronavirus Resource Center. So at this point in time, we can safely at least rate that this is one of the better performing indicators for the Philippines. However, I would think that at the opposite end of the spectrum, we are not really faring well in terms of the ability to detect and break transmission chains, mainly because of the poor and fragmented contact tracing efforts. As you might have noticed, we have different contact tracing apps, data is not utilized, those collected in malls or MRTs are not really utilized well. 
there are inequities in terms of testing, especially in the availability of testing centers in terms of pricing. Not everyone can access the relatively expensive price of RT-PCR. And also, our inability to transform all of these efforts into controlling the cases. Right now, we're experiencing a surge. We're also unable to maintain a consistent supply of vaccines, which thereby affects the rollout of vaccination, especially in uh, far-flung areas. And also, lastly, social protection of the vulnerable and neglected populations. So overall, subjectively, on a five-point scale, I would give it a two. Well, actually, I kind of rated everything from the seven criteria and got an average of two over five. During the eve of the reimposition of ECQ or Enhanced Community Quarantine in August 5, we saw scenes of people scrambling to vaccination areas in Manila and Las Piñas because they were fearing that they can't go out and get their ayuda or their financial assistance. So what does this show regarding how the government communicates to Filipinos on COVID-19 and its vaccination program? Well, actually, that's an instance wherein communication had serious consequences. And the pandemic has highlighted how important, at least in this context, science communication is in public health and generally in society. And it's not enough for us to be able to possess technical knowledge of things. Like, for example, how do we solve these surges or how do we address interventions in testing or um, clinical medicine? But we should also be able to complement it with effective and persuasive communication, which are also highly evidence-based. This is particularly helpful to disseminate things, recommendations, policies such as that. And I would also like to highlight that the health department in general has had active efforts to improve health promotion and communication. And I also see that they try different media from the usual infographics. They have videos, like for example, sa vaccination centers natin. We see Dr. Ho on video talking about vaccination. There's also social media campaigns, even use of public health champions through different channels. However, the overall communication strategy regarding COVID gets ruined by these unclear and knee-jerk responses. Such so as like that statement from President Duterte elicited a knee-jerk response to whoever was in charge and was responsible for communicating that message that no ayuda means no vaccination. And it's also probably coming from a position of pressure to solve a lot of issues that come up daily. Considering that the pressure that they are getting from different sides, from the top leadership, from certain stakeholders, from the people offline and online. And I also remember the time where in the vaccination queue for Pfizer in Manila was long, way more than the stocks of Pfizer vaccine. And then after a while, DOH released a statement regarding non-disclosure of vaccine brands, which has obviously ethical implications. These poorly thought of responses are counterproductive and hence there should be efforts to organize and streamline communications. There has to be clarity in the processes and enforcement of these protocols in terms of clearing and releasing statements. This is also to jive to the overall messaging of the COVID-19 pandemic response. And also we should ask, or the health departments and local government units should ask, who should be the source of information. It also erodes public trust and hurts their credibility in them leading the COVID response if DOH and the local government units are releasing conflicting statements 
which they would later retract. They should also reflect on how many sources of information should there be. People speaking up at the same time coming from different biases will definitely hurt their pandemic response. And lastly, with regards to that situation, they should also continuously fact-check, also clarify certain statements, especially if certain stakeholders are not the best communicators there are. So what do you think is the current state of the country in terms of how it communicates its vaccination programs and the brand of vaccine it offers? I was scrolling my Facebook newsfeed and I saw the Facebook page of the RHU, which I served as municipal health officer previously. They wrote a long post at how the difference in the reception to different vaccine brands. Like there was a photo showing that for Sinovac, only two people showed up, but Janssen, a lot of people showed up. And the message that they were trying to convey was, do not be picky in terms of vaccine brands because all vaccines are effective. This might not be an isolated case and this can also be happening in other places. But this also kind of shows how the intent doesn't really match the way that we are trying to communicate because if you look at it, some people might misconstrue it as Sinovac not being trusted by people. Well, I retweeted a photo from the FDA. It's a presentation by Director General Domingo showing the breakthrough infections of comparing the different brands. The intended consumers of that information would be stakeholders of DOH and the media. But I remember that it was kind of incompletely presented because it was a table with different columns and I tried to digest it differently, showing it in percentages. And I saw a comment there which was, Thank you po at ginawa niyong percentage, hindi ko naintindihan yung table. If you actually look at the table na sa unang tingin, you would see that there are a lot of breakthrough infections from Sinovac. However, when you actually try to present information differently through percentages, you could actually see that these vaccine brands, regardless of brands, have less than 1% relative risk of you getting uh, breakthrough infections or deaths. The way we communicate information right now might be inappropriate and uh, not too laymanized. So therefore, it is our responsibility to craft our messages well, to present information well, because we don't know, we can't control how things will escalate or spread out. Several housemakers have filed a resolution seeking to probe the Okta Research Group, especially with their qualifications and also their ties with the University of the Philippines. Some lawmakers have said that the move is a waste of resources, but Representative Stella Kimbo, who was one of the lawmakers na nag-author ng resolution, highlighted the need of accountability, especially with private groups being relied on by the national government, especially in determining public policies in the pandemic response. So... Where do you think can we draw the line in involving the private sector in shaping public policy decisions, especially as we deal with the critical matter of the COVID-19 pandemic? It might be a cliche, but it's a free world out there for opinions, statements, recommendations, and whatnot. However, it's tricky indeed in this context. We are in a pandemic with seemingly the end is not yet in sight. Anxiety level is high generally. The trust in the government is fluctuating and lives and livelihoods are at stake. And based on my limited knowledge of who they are, the Okta Research Group has gained traction due to their COVID projections. They are a multidisciplinary group 
However, I think there needs to be more grounding on the core fields which are utterly needed and intrinsically needed for pandemic response, such as epidemiology and public health. And I understand the perspective of accountability being raised by technical experts who are affiliated with the Department of Health that whenever predictions of OCTA are incorrect or inconsistent, they may cause undue panic. It would also be too troublesome to clean up the mess that these private sector players may cause. However, it is hard to gatekeep and it would be pretentious to do so because no agency has the monopoly of expertise. And in addition, gatekeeping is challenging when everyone is given easy access to channels such as social media, like Twitter, which makes it way, way easier and sometimes uncontrollable to disseminate information. I guess the line has been drawn and it's a line that's hard to bend and gives DOH the authority to call the shots and not the private sector. It's within DOH prerogative to take notice, to listen, and to open their doors for collaboration. And it's a start to make their data clean, timely, and accessible to those who need to see it and can make sense of it. And since it is a two-way street, it is also for the public sector to extend their arms to DOH and exercise their due diligence in whatever they make public now. And actually, more than drawing lines, it's actually making these lines disappear and still maintaining a high sense of responsibility and respect between the parties that it is not only the government that has the monopoly of expertise and authority, and therefore we need the technical and operational support and resources of the private sector, and also for the private sector to be responsible in whatever pronouncements they make public, and they should course through first through the proper channels and support and be consistent with the government in coming up with clear, appropriate, and evidence-based interventions. On August 11, the Commission Audit said that the DOH had deficiencies amounting to over 67 billion pesos due to failure of abiding with government procedures on matters such as the procurement of medical supplies. As we near budget season in Congress, what does this staggering figure indicate in how the DOH is approaching its pandemic response, especially in the use of pandemic funds. It's actually a good first step to have funds earmarked for the pandemic response and health system strengthening. But it's more important for the Department of Health to ensure that these funds are spent wisely and translate to actual improvements with results. Uh, the issue surprised us and caught us off guard considering that we have a lot of needs which are still unmet. For example, the delayed salaries of health workers, which has been ongoing even pre-COVID, the lack of subsidized RCPCR testing accessible to all, hospital bed and ventilator shortages, and whatnot. And these health system strengthening concerns are not new. And this could have been the perfect time to institute improvements. However, these deficiencies found by COA, amounting to 67 billion pesos, shows the need to heighten the sense of urgency and efficiency matching the gravity of the pandemic. The pandemic has threatened our health system capacity to a point of collapse and at any point can still happen, especially that the cases are rising right now as we speak. 
And uh, surges can happen from time to time and contact tracing measures are still fragmented and disorganized to the point of it being questionable already. So there could have been a lot of interventions wherein deficiencies could have been channeled if they were unspent. But from a statement as well from Secretary Duque that they were able to utilize these funds. However, as COA and DOH clears them up, the DOH should always ensure that processes are followed, especially when it comes to procurement, logistics, interventions are delivered, and obviously that these won't happen again. The ultimate proof that these actually happen if the results trickled to those who need the interventions the most, such as people in the grassroots. So with how things are going right now, it looks like DOH can still redeem themselves for the succeeding years because the pandemic might not end soon as we expect it to be, especially since vaccination efforts have to be global before we're able to eradicate COVID. And the best to do now is to be accountable for them, to be transparent as well, and to ensure that what was needed to be done are done. How has health started to intertwine with what's happening already with the politicking in the 2022 elections? You know, intrinsically, and a lot of people are already saying this, that health is political. I mean, it's one of the building blocks of health systems, and you cannot really separate them from each other, especially with how the Philippine health system is set up. It's devolved. LGUs are in charge of health. And our COVID response should have been primarily a public health response, but it's, it's marred by politics and militarization. So right now, with how things are going, if there are political clashes, differences in opinions, parties, or viewpoints, it can affect how things get rolled out in certain areas of the country, especially since progress is not seen uniformly in different countries because the jurisdiction of each part of the country is different in terms of health, in terms of prioritization as well. So LGU should always be responsible. Politicians should always be responsible and put uh, health as a priority, especially at this crucial point in time, and should always remember that the public needs come first before theirs, and politicking, if they are unstoppable in doing it, they should always see to it that public needs are not compromised. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Joey Francis Hernandez, treasurer of the Philippine Society of Public Health Physicians, speaking with Business World's Russell Louis C. Koo. Mr. Hernandez gave the Philippine government's pandemic response a two out of five. You can tell our leaders what you think about how they handle the pandemic by voting in next year's elections. The choices we make at the polls will have a direct impact on our public health as we have seen and are seeing. This is Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening.